The hour to which the podcast adjourned having arrived, the podcast is now in order. Let's gavel in for this week's State House Takeout with the reporters on top of Beacon Hill at the State House News Service. Here's Sam Doran. House Budget Week is upon us, and there are around 1,400 amendments filed to the House version of the Fiscal 19 Spending Bill. Matt Murphy, as we know, not all of those 1,400 amendments will be debated on the floor. Um, so what is Budget Week going to look like under the stewardship of the New Ways and Means Chairman, Jeff Sanchez? You're right that we're unlikely to see debate on uh, many of those amendments, uh, probably only a small fraction of which will you know, get some actual back and forth on the floor. But I think it's a question of what Budget Week looks like under Chairman Sanchez. And, you know, as we know, uh, former Chairman Dempsey, Brian Dempsey, before he left for a lobbying job, had done this for uh, six cycles. He had become very proficient at it, to say the least. What used to be a four- to five-day process had been shrunken down to just two days uh, and and was largely marked by uh, behind-the-scenes meetings with members about amendments. And the trick for Sanchez will be replicating what Dempsey was able to do, I think, and that was even when he had to say no to members, they felt like they had been listened to, given a fair shot to make their case for their amendments, and whether or not it was a thumbs up or a thumbs down from leadership, they walked away feeling heard. Uh, this will be Sanchez's first go around, and uh, we probably won't know until it's all done whether or not members are happy with how it went, but this will be the challenge for him. What amendments or what sorts of amendments are likely to spur actual floor debate this year? You never really know. I mean, certainly there could be some tax debate this year. The House budget is what we call a money bill. So uh, with some provisions in there, such as the earned income tax credit expansion, this is this budget is wide open for any tax proposals to come up. I would also look for some of the Republican amendments, particularly a, a rep a Jeff Deal amendment that he filed that would cut off local aid to sanctuary cities. You know, I think to say that this amendment has a little chance of passing, might be even being generous. But as he prepares to go into the GOP convention next weekend, he's obviously running for Senate, looking to make a statement as he's preparing or trying to win the GOP nomination to challenge Warren in the fall. I think he and some of his other Republicans could make an issue out of this. Gotcha. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Happy Friday, Colin Young. Hey, Sam. Happy 420. (laughs) Marijuana regulators started accepting license applications this week for a select few. The expedited process was open to some dispensaries and people in an economic empowerment program. Uh, But medical marijuana patients aren't too happy about the dispensaries that got approved first. So what's the issue here, Colin? Yes, Sam. So the Cannabis Control Commission has now approved 55 potential marijuana businesses for priority license application review. Uh, But none of the 20 RMDs, these are medical dispensaries or medical dispensary companies, none of the 20 that were first approved by the CCC have actually opened a dispensary to start providing medicine to patients. So the Massachusetts Patient Advocacy Alliance uh, is worried these businesses intend to use their status as an RMD to get priority review and then abandon their plans to sell medical marijuana. So what is the CCC doing or what have they done to try to protect patients? Yeah, already in the CCC's regulations, uh, after hearing from patients and advocates, they wrote in 
uh, a requirement that medical dispensaries that begin also selling recreational marijuana will be required to preserve about a third of their supply exclusively for medical patients. And Sam, I got another uh, little nugget for you today. Uh, House Budget Week is coming up next week. And so it is. We've got 1,400 amendments filed to that, including some on marijuana. Uh, but I've heard now from the House Ways and Means Committee, which tells me that any amendment uh, pertaining to marijuana in any way, whether it uh, is a policy amendment or uh, actually a line item amendment trying to raise or, or lower the amount of funding for the CCC will be ruled out of order and will not be considered. Really? Even relative to, to funding? Exactly. Even an amendment that, that would uh, increase funding for the CCC. The CCC had requested $7.9 million uh, for next year's budget. Uh, the governor recommended $7.6 million, and the House came in even a little bit below the governor at uh, $7.57 million. And it seems that they're going to be stuck right at that number throughout the House process. Why would amendments like that be ruled out of order? Uh, the Ways and Means Committee says that uh, they don't want to sort of uh, uh, mess with anything while the CCC is still implementing its regulations. So they don't want any amendments that might uh, uh, really rock the boat before we get going with, with legal sales. Interesting. All right. Thanks, Colin. Thanks a lot, Sam. At least one big question remains since Governor Baker signed a major criminal justice overhaul into law last week, and that is what's all this going to cost? Now, Katie Lannon, you've been looking at this. What's, what's the price tag on criminal justice reform? Yeah, Sam, thanks. That is kind of the the hanging question at this point. Um, You know, the supporters of this bill, the people who have been pushing for it for years, say it will save money in the long run by reducing recidivism rates, reducing incarceration rates, and the costs associated with those. Now, in the short term, the governor thinks it's going to cost at least $15 million to implement this all this year, and possibly as much as $40 million next year, fiscal 2019. And that's for hiring new staff, buying new equipment, upgrading computers, um, in some cases, even building new lab space. $40 million. Is everyone on the same page with this? How, how are we looking going forward? Well, one of the things we see here every year in the budget process that you know wraps up with votes to override some of the governor's vetoes is that the legislature and the governor don't always agree on how to pay for things or what measures are going to cost. So while the governor is working off a $40 million estimate, uh, House Speaker DeLeo has said, you know, they think the House budget that's going to be debated next week already incorporates most of this financing in there. Um, They've got initiatives for specialty court expansion, substance use diversion programs, reentry programs. But the speaker has said, you know, if there are areas that aren't funded yet, they're looking forward to working with the governor's office on those. And how about funding for the rest of this present fiscal year? So when the governor signed the new law last Friday, he also filed a a new bill making changes to it, some big, some small. And that bill contains a uh, $15 million reserve to, to fund whatever needs to be done more immediately. And where does that bill stand right now? It's in the Judiciary Committee, and we'll see where it goes from there. Thanks, Katie. Thank you. The outright ban on stun guns and tasers in Massachusetts was ruled unconstitutional this week by the Supreme Judicial Court. Andy Metzger, you've been covering this decision for us. Did anyone see this one coming? Anyone who was paying attention did. The U.S. Supreme Court came to a very similar conclusion two years ago when it overturned the conviction of Jamie Caetano, who had a stun gun to protect herself against an ex-boyfriend. Now, and in that case, the Supreme Judicial Court had upheld Caetano's uh, conviction, but the Supreme Court vacated that in 2016 
essentially calling the SJC's arguments bordering on the frivolous. So the writing wasn't merely on the wall. The writing was in the case law coming out of Washington. So are stun guns legal now in Massachusetts? Pretty much. The SJC wants to give lawmakers time to regulate the weapons, so it delayed entry of the judgment by another 60 days. And Speaker DeLeo says he will file legislation within that time period. But as it stands now, essentially everything on the books banning stun guns and tasers has been deemed unconstitutional by the state's highest court. So that's interesting timing then, given that there's a lot of momentum in Massachusetts right now behind making gun laws stricter, right? Right. And there's a little momentum behind uh, regulating tasers and stun guns as well. A Senator Brownsberger bill that would uh, regulate those similar to firearms was given a favorable report by the Public Safety Committee about a week ago. Gotcha. So we might see some action on this in the legislative branches. Thanks, Andy. Thank you, Sam. Statehouse Takeout is a production of the Statehouse News Service. And for a daily fix of Statehouse headlines, visit masterlist.com. Masterlist with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.